0: The Future of Rock and Roll 97X, that was the Philly-based band Luscious Jackson with Naked Eye. We also heard from some old-school beasties and got things kicked off with Meat Beat Manifesto. Speaking of Meat Beat Manifesto, tonight it's Request the X with Jay. Give her a call. She may play your song if she deems it worthy. You just never know because she'll have her Doc Martens on and have Sledge answer the phones for her because she'll be so busy. 863 5665 from Cincinnati, 523 4114 from Oxford, from Dayton. Dave. Slap a 513 in front Dave. of either number. Dave. Yeah. Dave, mm-hmm. wait. Snap out of it. Yeah. You're doing
1: another flashback. Yeah. This is a good one. I I was worried in your flashback Yeah. when you tried to segue. Speaking of Meat Beat Manifesto, Dave. and I wasn't quite sure where that was going to go, but you, you stuck the landing. Well done. We're not at 97X. We're not? We're in my basement, the Party Dungeon.
0: Jay's not doing the uh, Request the X tonight? Oh, wait. No, she's on the riverboat. That's why. Yeah. No. no. Actually, but she's on the phone. Jay is here. I am. See? The magic of this podcast is amazing.
1: Unbelievable. And we have Jay Foreman, who dominated the airwaves in the evenings. From when to when? Jay, when did you start at the station, and then when did you depart?
2: Um, I started about May of 91 up until November of 95. So, definitely not the longest time compared to some of the pedigrees of some longtime 97Xers, but a real crucial time in the format, I would think, you know, because that's when grunge hit and the whole alternative format just blew up. And, uh, but it was great, you know, it's a great time to be there and just, you know, play all that, you know, awesome music like uh, Luscious Jackson. Mm-hmm. That's a nice little set you, pretend mm-hmm. set you had there, Dave. <laughs> oh, it's pretend. Regarded.
1: No, it's the real deal. He, trust me, he always tailors it to our guests. And as soon as he said, Luscious Jackson, it's like, oh, yeah, Jay love them. Yeah.
0: Perfect. Must be Jay. Must be Jay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Okay, now you were not originally a music director, but you, you became music director, correct?
2: Uh, I was hired to be music director. It oh. was my first um, music director job. So, yeah, I was hired music director and Seven to Midnight's. The whole package.
1: Where had you worked previously?
2: Well, I had been working at a little station in Concord, New Hampshire called uh, WKXL, The Music Zone, and little 3000 Water out in Concord and uh, still living in Boston, where I'm from. And the station had, uh, you know, they'd flip format, fired everyone, and I was needed a full-time job and I was, you know, ready to just go full-time and alternative rock. And I had made a list of all 36 alternative stations in the country that's at that time early 91 36 stations and uh, I said okay I'm going to do a mass mailing but before I jump in it's that's a big process I'm just going to send a tape just to one and I closed my eyes and pointed at the paper and it was 97x
0: really is this some sort of made-up story
2: (laughs) I know, totally, right? mm -hmm. (laughs) That's the stuff of movies, man. Mm -hmm.
1: This is drunk history or something like that. (laughs) Right,
2: right. (laughs) Yeah. So then I followed up on it a couple times, and uh, Phil Manning was the program director. Talked to him, no, we don't have anything, we don't have anything. And then uh, I was going to be doing this. I would scheduled a vacation with a friend of mine, and last minute she got sick, couldn't go. And then I said, well, what I really want to be doing at this point is just interviewing somewhere. I said, I'm just going to call that W-O-X-Y again, just just to see. And this time, Phil said, well, actually, I need a 7 to Midnight person. Oh, and I need a music director, too. And then I ended up road tripping out to Oxford, Ohio from Boston. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Another crazy story. But... (laughs) You know, we only have the length of two Bella Lugosi's deads here. So.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah. She's one of our 34, now 34, listeners. We have 34 followers.
2: Excellent. Woo! Yes.
1: Uh-huh. And, and we know, welcome your comments that. at 97XWOXY at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, perfect. Yeah, bring them on. You know, I'll answer any question. So, so
0: you, and, you showed know, up in Oxford and- It could and
2: be two Bella Lugosi's deads, but also you could go a Bella Lugosi's dead and a uh, tainted love, where did our love go? extended mix also another fine nine minutes of modern <laughs> wow. rock
1: count on jay you to know. know the dance remixes and the bathroom right, songs.
2: exactly yeah <laughs> so, so
0: you, you showed up so in that, that's how i got
2: out there right before it was right before uh smells like teen spirit happened
0: mm-hmm. uh, what i liked like, about i knew when you came to the station uh because you brought an east coast music slant uh you're the only person I, I, for the time I was there that I remember being from the East Coast that, you know, you brought, you know, Beastie Boys, you brought, you know, s- some other stuff that that, you know, we didn't always think about as music at the station, you know, which I always kind of kind of like that. And then you kind of took over Extra Beats, if I remember correctly.
2: Yeah, I was a club DJ in Boston, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was happy to take over Extra Beats and just have a blast with that on Saturday nights. That was uh, great, you know. With all the industrial, was really big and techno, and it was, it was great being able to program that.
1: Yeah, I, I had to rely on you more than a couple times because. Was, so when we did the the extra beats on the river, on the B and B riverboats, uh-huh. like you couldn't actually play CDs or something, or, or you couldn't obviously play vinyl because the boat could rock and it would skip. So you actually had to create a three-hour mix on tape. Ahead of time. And it's like, I, exactly. I, like that was not my strong suit. So I'd be like, hey, Jay, like, how about some suggestions for songs to play? And you were all over it because, like, you yeah, had to be like, yeah, I was like, background.
2: twist my arm, put me in the production studio and, <laughs> you know, make me do mixes for three hours. Okay.
1: <laughs> so you joined right before Smells Like Teen Spirit. I do remember in your office when you're the music director, like the promo that they sent out for that song was like the deodorant right smells like teen spirit because there was a deodorant called teen spirit and they had a knockoff one that said smells like teen spirit
2: yeah i remember they always put the sticker on it you know wish i had that still you know but then again a good few years later you know but i remember specifically the first time i heard it and i walked into phil manning's office and he's sitting at his desk and he's got jesus christ pose and smells like teen spirit cd singles on the desk in front of him, and he says to me, I don't know which one to listen to first. So I said, Well, let's listen to the Soundgarden because we knew they were trying to be alternative, but at that point they still really sounded heavy metal. And mm-hmm. like, we know we have it in you. You know, you know, you have it in you, Soundgarden. Of course, it was the next album, Super Unknown. So, you know, Jesus Christ Pose. Okay, pretty good. All right, how about this Nirvana song? You know, at that point, Nirvana was just there, were sub pop band, they'd gotten signed to a major label, okay, but boy, you know, at first listen, we knew this was going to be something, but I don't think we ever knew just how big it was going to be. So it was and just, I feel like that was a real key point in time.
0: That was the start there, when, know? when, when I, when then suddenly all the rock stations across the nation started playing that. And the, I think the, 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 lines kind of blurred, started blurring then between some of the stuff that 97X plays and some of the stuff that the album stations would play, or even, heck, even the, the, the pop stations would play.
2: Yeah, because Alternative blew up so much, all the other formats started, you know, for lack of a better word, stealing from us. You know, everything was crossing over. And uh, it was it was funny starting to hear that, you know, like Nirvana and Pearl Jam on Top 40 stations. But we knew where it started. You know, good old 97
0: X. Were you there when we had our 10th anniversary show at Bogart's?
2: Absolutely. That okay. was a great show.
0: Now, we've been doing a trivia contest, and we're giving away a Delamitri CD from my collection. Yes. Yes. And you probably have that Delamitri CD. But the question is, um, uh, th- there was four bands that played there, and I'll give you the first right. three. Uh, were Too Much Joy, Bare Naked Ladies, and Royal Crescent Mob. But there was a fourth band, and it was a local band. Uh, they weren't printed on the ticket either. Uh, it was in September. Was it 92? 93? 93. 93. September 93 is when the show was at Bogart's. Uh, Who was that fourth band? But before you guess, we've had a couple Uh other people email in. Yeah, uh, David Groff sent in, and
1: actually the two folks that guessed the same band. So David Groff says Only other bands from Oxford that I have CDs of are Love Cowboys or Lizard 99. Fingers crossed. Oh, great band. Uh, Sorry, David. Incorrect and incorrect. And then John Sleeper also said, howdy, long time listener, big fan of the podcast. Was in Oxford from 87 through 91. 97X was among my favorite experiences. Oh, the fond memories. And he said, so I'd like to guess the fourth band at the concert was Love Cowboys. And again, he crosses his fingers. Fingers crossed, have a great weekend. So thanks, Uh John and David. But no, it was not the Love Cowboys. So here's your chance to win a Delamitri CD,
0: Jay. Who was the band? Uh,
2: Drum roll, please. All right. I'm going to say, trying to remember, I think it was the Honey Rods. Yes? Mm. No? Yes? Honey no. Rods? Yes? No. I'm sorry.
1: Oh. Sorry. You're incorrect in that Delamitri CD. No, for
2: sure. Stays in Dave's possession. All right. Possession. Possession. Goes, goes to someone else then. Yeah. Or stays in your collection. Yeah. If you haven't burned it into your computer yet.
0: <laughs> no, I haven't. I've, I've kept them all. And you can hear the cassettes that I have that we have been digitizing with things. Um, one other thing that I always remember, there's there's a few flashpoints I remember at the station, but one of the ones I remember is when Ken Glidewell, Mr. K, came back when he left EBN or the Fox, and he was uh-huh. doing overnights after you, and it was perfect because we had Jay going into K every single day.
2: Yes, I'd <laughs> love that. I know that was that, that was, was like a day to
1: It appealed to Dave's inner Sesame Street. <laughs> yes, it did. It
2: was <laughs> Mine <perfect>. too. <laughs> That was great. Yeah, it was uh it was a great meeting him. Like, yeah, he has he, he passed on, didn't he? Yes,
0: he did. He did. Yeah.
2: But yeah, he was great. He was um, that was always fun. So you joined as
1: as the music director. How would you go about winnowing through all those the different CDs, promo CDs that you would get and figuring out, hey, this is this band makes it, this one, nah, this song is not gonna get played.
2: Well, it was always, you know, the, the meeting, you know, with myself and Phil Manning. And, you know, when I first started, since this was my first music director job, I would come to the music meeting with, I mean, maybe 50 CDs because I liked everything. You know, <laughs> oh, we have to play this. We have to play this. And then, you know, a couple years down the line, I'd show up. I'd have maybe, you know, five, you know, like it's just a matter of uh, hearing what's really stands out. And then after a while, kind of honing your skills and knowing that you don't have a chance with this crazy sounding thing, but maybe. And also you're listening, you're talking to uh, the people in the record industry and they're telling you how the songs are doing at other stations. So you've got that research to go into the meeting with. You know, with 97X, it was always such a, a opportunity to be able to play things that aren't getting played everywhere else. And I just mean in the format. Yeah. other stations in the bigger cities you know we could always take chances I mean, and I really liked how you know when we went um, a few years later even after I had left and you know you we went to straight internet you really just went all out with playing whatever you wanted I was cheering you on man <laughs> <laughs> the future of rock and roll pass the monster, pass the hit
1: me, hit me, hit me 97X
0: Now. now- Where are you now after you left uh, 97X? Uh, I I won't surprise people, but you you live in uh, sunny Florida. But what else is going on with you?
2: Uh, I work as a um, copywriter, freelance copywriter now. Just kind of hunkered down doing that. And I do a little bit of voiceovers here and there. My husband is a, a TV producer, works for an ad agency that he helps start up. And occasionally they need somebody to record some liners. I also do some work with this small little growing company called Radio Coaches that helps people who, you know like business people who buy airtime Yeah. and then they just get on and do their show for an hour. We help to coach those people into sounding a little bit more professional than they might have been otherwise. Than this podcast. We we can maybe hire you for
0: this podcast is what you're trying to say, is that correct? (laughs) What's yeah, your just hourly just rate?
1: Will will you take two promo CDs as payment? And and a gift sure, card to yeah, skippers. And you can I have a access along.
2: to free music anymore, so I'll just take whatever I can get.
1: But that's so you're really helping say it's somebody that's like, Oh, I, I'm I want to do a gardening show, I'll buy Airtime on a station and then you help them be more professional, more polished? Is that like what, what? sort of client that's, base that's do you have? That's
2: pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Although it's a very small company just starting out, and uh, there are not a whole lot of clients here and there. But I did do some liners for one guy who has a station, a, a show on an AM station in Miami. Wow! So I'm on the air in Miami, six ten a.m. I don't know what the station. I forget. <laughs> but I did his liners for him. So, so that that that's about it. It's uh, and I write. You know, I do copy. I write some blogs. Not my own. I write for other people. I send out press releases and help people get media attention.
0: Now you also have a, a, a son that is—is uh, is he into music too?
2: Both my kids are. Really oh yeah, that's right. You know they don't play music. Not like your son who's playing guitar and yeah. bands and stuff. But they're—they're uh, uh, they're very much into into rock and roll. My older son um, discovered Green Day on his own. I was so pleased with that. You know, and then we ended up going to the show. Uh, in 2017 and that was kind of crazy because it was five days before Hurricane Irma hit Wow and uh, Billy Joe Armstrong is on stage going okay I hope everybody's gonna think about donating to Hurricane Harvey relief and we're here in South Florida going Have you seen the weather (laughs) (laughs) report? There's there's a big one coming here We're gonna
1: donate to ourselves because we'll need it in (laughs) about five days.
2: We'll need some money to get the heck out of here because that's what we ended up doing. We went to the show in Tampa, came home, packed up everything, picked stuff up, put it on the table. Because we had no idea. They were saying this ten foot storm surge was gonna come. And uh, we drove to Michigan where my husband's family is. And that was that was an adventure, I'll tell you what.
1: Oh, it sounds <laughs> like it. Yeah. Pack up everything and head to Michigan. Just
0: got an right, email. Then, just got an email from Doug's uh Doug's attorney, he would like oh, yes. to buy your company, uh, the, the Bailogs. Really. <laughs> I'd like to talk to you about that. They're, they're really good at oh. getting small startups going and then selling for big money. So so if you want to give him a call after this, that'd be great. He is an angel uh, investor.
2: I'll do that. I'll do that. It's not exactly my company, but uh, yeah, I can uh, help to arrange that. You know, Maybe get a cut here, a finder's fee, things like that.
0: <laughs> As a music director, where do you find new music now?
2: I am a serious XM addict. So I kind of go between Sirius, Sirius XM and um, iTunes, really, you know, when I find stuff, and I just I've started a playlist, and this isn't a playlist on the air or anything. It's just I find a favorite song, I throw it in that playlist, and then you know, listen to that, or I pretty much am listening to Alt Nation and Lithium and Sirius XMU, but I, I really like to keep up on music and not just uh, listen to the oldies. You know? me,
0: me too, and that's where <laughs> I, I find myself going to Sirius XM. I was going to ask you what channels because um, some of their channels are good, some of them aren't that good, and I, I'm trying to find a, a good one. X, uh, XMU I've listened to a few times, and there's a couple other ones that aren't aren't bad. I also listen to the Jam channels suddenly more and more now too.
2: Yeah, that and a uh, Celebrate is a good one for like you know like party music and stuff. But they have all those extra channels now if you have the all access subscription, which you know I did mostly music forever. And then took a promo thing for All Access. And, you know, there's no going back, you know. And now they've got those extra channels, the Discovery Channel. So I'm living on Alt Nation Discovery and XMU Discovery and finding out about um, the new music that way.
0: That's you know, great. Okay, I'm
2: loving Vampire Weekend and the new Beck song and uh, Borderline by Tame Impala.
0: That Beck song, new Beck song, is fantastic.
2: Yes, yes. He's coming here, and I'm trying to convince people to go with me, to go to the show.
1: Yeah, he's coming here as well. I think it's already sold out because it's like a great triple bill. If you could keep talking about Sirius XM, we're, we have now 34 <laughs> followers and we're going to we're going to get them to advertise oh, on here. So great, keep singing what, their praises, Jeff. Yeah, that's Jen. what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> you did uh, evenings the entire time you were there, did you do the 7 to midnight shift?
2: Except for the last like 6 months. Okay. When things shifted and I uh, was moved to afternoons and associate uh, assistant program director under some guy is like slave driver of a boss who just like had me working these insane hours just non-stop he wouldn't add any music oh yeah. am i talking about you dave
0: yeah i guess so hey can you work tonight from midnight to six we need someone to do the podcast from midnight to six i can do
2: it i can do it oh yeah and speaking of, of uh overnight things um i need a shout out to uh colin miller listener colin who, along with Bill Douglas, uh, he went through all of these tapes he had of the station and found that one extra beats that I did right after Lollapalooza 94, that I, uh, Phil let me go all night with an extra beats all night long, and Colin taped it and digitized it. Well, Bill digitized it and sent it to me. So it's really great to hear you know, hear myself on the radio again because all I've got you know, are various air check tapes.
1: That's great. Second. So, no so after Lala, you just did an extra beats for, for how long?
2: I went about four and a half, five hours.
1: That's yeah, a lot that's of BPMs.
2: Cute. Well, you know, the whole thing just kind of happened. I wasn't intending to do that long of an extra beats. If you remember that Lala in 94, we were all wearing those shirts with a patch of tar in the back. Yeah,
0: and it was the green crazy ones, yeah.
2: hot and humid. And, mm-hmm. uh, um, but I had a case of hives that day because I had had an allergic reaction to uh, uh, antibiotic. It was it was nuts because this whole day I was interviewing people and going backstage and doing the whole Lollapalooza and broadcasting live and then my skin was a mess. And the next couple days, you know, I stayed home and Phil called me to see if I could do the overnight. And I kind of hesitated for just a sec to, to think about how I was feeling. And when I hesitated, he said, You can do extra beats all night. I'm like, okay,
1: (laughs) really? (laughs) Felt better.
2: Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden,
1: and you were hopped up on uh, Benadryl, anyhow. So
2: yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) Just I just kept going, but that was a lot of fun, all night long. People were like, the phones were off the hook. It was four o'clock in the morning, and people were like, I want to make a request. Hey, you brought you
1: (laughs) you brought the party, and the party people are going to come out of the woodwork, no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, and stay up with me. (laughs) But it it was that was a lot of fun.
1: The all-night party people. Jay, you you talked about you joined uh, just before Smells Like Teen Spirit kind of hit. And one thing I do remember uh, was because I I used to follow you and and work overnights for Uh a while there. And and the day, and I'll never forget this, the the day that we got the news that Kurt Cobain had passed away. And you were on air and you immediately grasped kind of the the gravitas of that, you know, and and the significance Uh of that. Uh, and I always remember that you know, and 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 then people calling in, but you understood what that meant, and that was in, in some ways the the end of an era.
2: Yeah, it that was a pretty harsh time, you know. And just how do you remember when Doug had some what like suicide prevention people come in and talk to us, mm-hmm. so we were prepared for kids calling, so that was very handy too. Yeah, that was uh it was depressing. You never yeah. you never think that, you know, like how do you handle that?
0: Uh, I want to go back to Lollapalooza 94 real quick. I know why you got the hives. It's been now 25 years. You can come clean. <laughs> yeah. It was it was the disc that was the butt cooler that gave you the hives. You know, there, was was nasty, the there was some nasty there were some nasty people on that thing.
2: You know, I think we started the butt cooler right after Lollapalooza, oh. and I actually have a picture, I should send it to you, it's, it's both of us and a, a music a record guy sitting on the buck cooler, and I remember thinking, what a crazy idea, what a crazy concept, but in the beginning of the day, people were like, ew, I don't want to get on that, by the end of the day, they were rolling in it, no one cared. Uh, there were
0: shirtless guys going across yes. it, yes, it was It was. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was a petri dish of, of, of something there that day.
2: Yeah, no, and by the end of the day, you're sweating, and it was, it's was like, okay, let's roll on the ice block, and then let's dump the antibacterial spray. You're good to go, next.
1: The other thing I do remember about you is you went to, and this is going to be late-era Ramones, but you went to a Ramones show at uh, Bogart's, I think you had your Ramones jacket on, you know, leather jacket or anything like you could have played in that band. Like you, you just fit the part so well.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite piece of swag ever. I think that's the one I held on to more dearly than anything. You know, it's, it's in a bag hanging in the closet that Ramones leather. You know, it's, it's great for an 80s for a decade party. You know, you need to dress up, put on the Ramones leather and go. <laughs> um, so, so you still yeah, have a Ramones fan. Love the Ramones.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was
2: I got honest. to interview Joey Ramone. I did a phone interview with Joey Ramone, Ramone once. Nice
0: guy. Wow. I wish we had a copy of that. That would have been nice to hear.
2: <sighs> I'll have to look through my cassettes. But I remember my first interview at 97X, and it was told the to What's Sprocket
1: oh wow and i'd
2: been there yeah i'd been there like six weeks this is my first interview they were going to play and you know we were in the old studio down the end of the hall with yeah. the lovely carpet pieces soundproofing you know i'm about to do my interview i'm a little bit nervous it's my first one you know at 97x and just before the interview started all of you guys piled into the news booth which is you know that little strip of a room yeah you know through the window and like all of a sudden, there's like 10 people staring at me watching the interview and going, okay, okay, I can handle this trial by fire. Let's do this.
0: And did it but come it out okay? Time. Did it come out okay? I,
2: I believe it did. I believe it did. They were nice guys and uh, they actually played here recently and uh, but I didn't go.
0: Well, you, I want to break it to you. Toad the Wet Sprocket came to the station so often. Everyone at the station interviewed Toad the Wet Sprocket. Even Chris Adrian did at one point, I think, because they were regulars at the station.
2: Yeah, they, they loved us just like Royal Crescent Mob. You know, they were yeah. our other buddies.
1: Well, if, if you look back in that time, I mean, how many stations in the country are playing bands like the Royal Crescent Mob or Toad the Wet Sprocket? I mean, it was a handful of stations. You talked about you you had that list of 36 stations. I mean, yes, probably by the time you joined, well, before the grunge explosion, you know, like that might have even gone down to 20 stations. The 97X did have a reputation as a station that would break bands. So, I mean, obviously when bands like this are getting airplay, it's like, heck yeah, we'll drive up to Oxford and, and do a live in studio.
2: Exactly. I remember so many bands doing that too. You know, Sheryl oh. Crow coming in, Dave Matthews band. I mean, first record.
0: Oh yeah. yeah. I have that. Uh, I'm the one who interviewed him and I have that cassette that we're going to digitize. that has them playing three songs in the studio, Dave Matthews.
2: And then what was it? Dave and uh, the one member of his band, Stefan, I think, signed the, uh, wall of fame
0: yes that's He's right sat i think they for
2: like half an hour drawing pictures and i've got pictures somewhere i have those it's somewhere they're out there
0: doug has the actual wall do. at his house just let you know does he has he? that wall. yeah he does have the wall i'm I not making believe that up that. yeah it was shipped in hermetically sealed truck from oxford to where he lives now <laughs> and, he and he in dry ice, ice. <laughs> so. climate controlled well, we got to get back uh, yeah. into music. Uh, it's it's our Friday featured artist uh, all all Friday long. It's going to be the Clash, and then of course tonight uh, Jay will have a six pack featuring the Clash here on ninety seven X. Jay, it was great talking to you again. This has been fantastic, and we do need to catch up another time.
2: Yes, yeah, again, come on down to the beach. But uh, yeah, it was great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me on,
0: and thanks Love for being one of the thirty four listeners. Yes. We appreciate that. Rumbling from the big bush, corporate radio still sucks. Thanks for being a listener. We're marking you down. Now brought to you by Sirius XM. Yeah, there you go. (laughs)
1: Perfect, yeah. 97X, WOXY, Oxford, Cincinnati. The future of rock and roll.